We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is At The Core on American Family Radio. And welcome to this Monday edition of AFA at the Core. Fred Jackson sitting in for Walker today on this, another very busy news day as we uh, open up this program. Authorities are trying to recover some of the equipment coming out of that uh, Chinese surveillance balloon that President Joe Biden allowed to fly across the country and look at all our military establishments. And then they decided to bring this thing down. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I wonder, I just wonder if um, we'll ever find out just what was recorded. Of course, probably what was happening, these pictures were all being fed back directly to the Chinese. So they have that all and they're looking at it right now. So there's no question about that. But lots of discussion going on. Maybe we'll get a chance a little bit later on to discuss this a little bit more. But the feeling, at least amongst a lot of conservatives, is the Biden administration knew this was coming for several days, several days. And they let it go, starting in the Aleutian Islands, went up into, caught the corner of uh, mainland Alaska, and then down through Canada. Apparently the Canadians didn't care. And then it went into a little bit of Idaho and then across Montana and then down through, I believe, across Oklahoma and then on out to the coast of South Carolina, where a couple of guys in F-22s had some fun, I'm sure, uh, shooting down this this balloon. But we'll wait and see. But uh, as I say, the conservative point of view on this is this thing should have been brought down much earlier. It was it was laughable, quite frankly, on Friday, at least in, in the newsroom when the Chinese said it was a weather balloon. Everybody knew that it wasn't a weather balloon. Uh, they were spying. At least the Pentagon was honest about that a couple of hours later. But uh, anyway, as I say, we may talk a little bit about it uh, a little bit later on in the program if we have a chance. But we've got a very busy show uh, today, so you want to stay tuned all the way through. In the meantime, I would love to be a little fly on the wall in the Oval Office today as President Joe Biden prepares for his State of the Union address I wonder, I wonder if uh, some of his folks have made him aware of an AP North poll that came out this morning. And this is the headline from the Associated Press. The Associated Press, I mean, they're, they're lapdogs for the Biden administration, but this is their headline on this poll. A majority of Democrats now think one term is plenty for President Joe Biden, despite his insistence that he plans to seek re-election in 2024. That's according to a new poll from the Associated Press North Center for Public Affairs Research that shows just 37% of Democrats say they want him to seek a second term. That's down from 52% in the weeks before last term's midterm elections, last year's midterm elections. That's quite a drop, folks, from 52% to 37%. Now, if you listen to the Biden people, he's doing a great job. Uh, if you listen to Alejandro Mayorkas, he says the border is secure. 
If you listen to Pete Buttigieg, his transport uh, secretary, this president has done an outstanding job. That was an interview on the weekend. Uh, But you know what? The American people just aren't buying it, folks. Bottom line. And now this poll shows the Democrats, majority of Democrats. Like I say, this is the Associated Press. This is the liberal all-in for Democrats Associated Press saying majority of Democrats now think one term is enough for Joe Biden. They understand. They understand the American people are simply fed up with what's going on in this country. And they want to change. As simple as that. So let's uh, let's get some comments from some folks who are looking at this and making some predictions. Uh, one of them is a former House Speaker, Newt Gingrich. Here's what he thinks of the president's speech and what's going to happen tomorrow evening. Cut number six. This is a very weak administration whose primary strength is the news media and who keeps telling us things that simply aren't true. So I'm assuming that the State of the Union will be a collection of untruths uh, bound together by Democrats desperately cheering uh, in the House and Senate membership. But I think Republicans ought to feel like stay focused on solving real problems, insist on energy independence, do what it takes to close the border and control it, remind people of how much fentanyl is coming in, how many people are dying because yeah. of the Biden open border policy. I, I think the contrast is going to be pretty stark. Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. Kind of listing down through some of the major areas and uh, certainly the border crisis. There's no question about it. And the American people, of course, the mainstream media didn't talk about the border crisis up until just a few weeks ago when uh, more and more thousands of these more illegals were being shipped up to places like New York. And now New York is saying we can't take any more. It was almost laughable when I read this story this morning that our military is now paying for bus tickets from some of these illegals in New York to ship them up to Canada. That's where we are. So taxpayers' money all the way, shipping them up to Canada because they think they can get a better deal up there. But, you know, there's, there's other things. The whole COVID fiasco, the forced mandates. And I was listening to uh, some comments uh, over teachers. These are two teachers, Joy Newball and Casey McFadden, who were fired from their jobs over refusal to take the COVID shot. And they're saying, wait a minute, you're not forcing any of these tens of thousands of people coming across our border illegally to get COVID shots. Yet I'm getting fired because I will not take the jab. Cut number 10. For me, I had to think about what was going to be the best choice that supported my beliefs, that supported my convictions. And it was to allow the Department of Education to terminate me. So it was a choice between keeping my qualifications, which I knew every three years that was coming up, or being uh, pushed to choose that they were going to terminate me because I was not going to comply. I was never going to comply. So I I had to choose to just lose my career, which was very hard for me. You know, I I worked eight years tirelessly. I had built up a resume with trainings to work hard with these kids, and I had to let it all go. It's illegal, unethical, and it's insane. They're actually risking the safety of all New Yorkers. You can't have one policy for one group and another policy policy for another group. 
So that really, this whole city should be in an uproar. And folks, it's not just New York. When you stop and think about it, there are still health care workers that are being forced to take the shot or lose their jobs at a time when we need all the health care workers that we can get, not to mention our military people. Now, the mandate supposedly is over, but uh, the thousands of, of military people, good, strong military people, men and women, who refuse to take that experimental jab have been thrown out of the military. And we know so much more now, folks. <laughs> we know we were not told the truth, and I'm being so kind there. We were not told the truth about the jab, about it would protect you from getting COVID, about it would protect you from giving it to someone else, because we now know the president himself has had COVID a couple of times, and his family members, and other members of the White House staff. So they've been able to pass it around, despite the fact they had the jab and they've had boosters galore. And so this is still going on. So all the claims of what the jab and the boosters would do to you just aren't there. And that perhaps explains why only 16% of Americans are saying, uh, okay, I'll get another booster. The rest are saying, uh-uh. The science, the facts just aren't adding up. So that's one thing that makes this president very unpopular. But I doubt he'll talk too much about that tomorrow night. I'm anxious to see if he is going to say much about the border uh, because we know there's a crisis going on down there. He probably will repeat the lie of his Homeland Security Secretary, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, who says the border is secure. Everybody knows that's not true. Former Congresswoman uh, Myra Flores, uh, who had the seat in uh, southern Texas for a while, I believe her husband is a, a actually a Border Patrol agent, as I recollect. This is what she had to say about our southern border crisis. Cut 12. Gotaways are an important topic. We usually focus on those that were caught, but there's so many who are overworked Border Patrol agents were not able to track down, and so many of them are the most dangerous individuals, drug traffickers, child traffickers, those on the terror watch list, and previous convicted criminals. And that is the reason why the Biden administration and Mallorca tried to stop our Border Patrol agents from testifying, but it's so important that the American people hear directly from our Border Patrol agents what's really happening at the border. Yeah, you know, the American people are finding out what's going on there because, as I say, that problem is spread. The other thing that's going on, folks, and this is, this is actually encouraging, there is a revolution going on right now with regards to what's happening in our schools and what our kids have been exposed to, and uh, the Loudoun County, Virginia, I'll get, keep giving them credit. The parents there began to speak up. This is going back to 2021, and this is spreading across our country. In Republican states now, protections are being put in place to protect our kids about being taught absolute garbage. Joe Concha is a Fox News contributor. He talked about education problems Yet the parents being investigated when they speak up. Cut number seven. 
We see the U.S. is now experiencing our lowest test scores for our children in 30 years. China is cleaning our clock. We're trailing countries like Estonia or Ireland or Australia in terms of test scores, in terms of our children being proficient in reading and writing and science and math. And when parents stand up and say, "Okay, I want to know what my kid is being taught on a daily basis, And I want to know if my first grader or my third grader is being taught about gender identification, sexual orientation. We have a right to know if we go to a a school board meeting and demand those answers. If we do so in a civilized fashion, uh, we shouldn't be labeled domestic terrorists. Yeah. So there you have it. As I say, there's a bit of a revolution building across the country. And I'm not talking about uh, insurrection has the Democrats a favorite word of the Democrats. No. They're just stepping up. I hope you you saw what happened in the midterms. We had several jurisdictions where conservatives basically ran for school board, for example, and they won. And we're seeing this more and more and more. There are parental groups just raising up across this country and saying, we're taking back our schools. Uh, We're not going to put up with this. You know, you may find it very surprising. There's a pretty good summary of what's going on out there and the fact that the American people are finally getting their back up and their courage to speak up about it. And it comes from all people. Bill Maher, cut number eight. And finally, new rule. If you're part of today's woke revolution, you need to study the part of revolutions where they spin out of control because the revolutionaries get so drunk on their own purifying elixir, they imagine they can reinvent the very nature of human beings. The problem with communism and with some very recent ideologies here at home is that they think you can change reality by screaming at it, that you can bend human nature by holding your breath. But that's the difference between reality and your mommy. (laughs) Yesterday, I asked ChatGPT, are there any similarities between today's woke revolution and Chairman Mao's cultural revolution of the 1960s? And it wrote back, how long do you have? I tell you what, that's why I believe that we do have a bit of a revival. I'm not prepared to say spiritual revival yet. That would be number one. But we do have a revival going on in Americans saying, you know what? I'm seeing what these policies are giving us, and I don't want it anymore. All right, much more ahead in this Monday edition of The Core. Fred Jackson sitting in for Walker. Don't go away. Some special guests coming up on some very important topics. We're back right after the break. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth is stumbled in the street and uprightness cannot enter. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. An important yet underaddressed fact in the Biden classified document scandal is that the Department of Justice entered into an agreement with Mr. Biden's personal attorneys dating back to November 2nd, 2022, concerning the search for and handling of the illegally possessed classified documents. This executive collaboration helps to explain why the illegal possession of the documents initially discovered prior to the 2022 midterm elections was kept from the American people for nearly three months. They spent that time to develop 
and implement their coordinated PR rollout. Lawlessness abounds where truth is rejected. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. February is National Eating Disorder Awareness Month, a month to educate citizens on the effects of these specific mental illnesses and provide support for those suffering. Research shows that adolescent eating disorder-related hospital admissions are on the rise following the COVID-19 pandemic. Contributing factors include heightened stress, anxiety, unhealthy eating habits, and increased social media usage. If you're concerned your girl is suffering from disordered eating, don't ignore the signs. Obsessive exercise, preoccupation with nutritional information, and disrupted eating patterns like portion sizes and eating alone are all telltale signs of struggle. With pastoral and professional mental health support, you can guide her to rediscover the truth about her image and identity as a beloved daughter of the King. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Did you know the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of all abortions? Preborn Ministry continues to stand with women in crisis in their darkest hour and bring hope and life. After Marissa took the abortion pill, she immediately regretted it, but Preborn was there for her. Look at that baby. Look how beautiful he is. Look at that. Abortion pill reversal actually works. Let's hear his heartbeat. Oh, look how strong it is. Oh, praise God. By God's amazing grace, this baby was saved, but many more need our help. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. At the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Now, back to At the Core on American Family Radio. And indeed, welcome back to this Monday edition of At the Core. Fred Jackson sitting in for Walker today. You know, it's been many decades since I went to school. But when I went to school, my mom and dad did not have to worry about me being taught things that were 180 degrees contrary to the values of my mom and dad. See, the, the, the school reflected the values of mom and dad. Indeed, they reflected the values of most of the churches in my community. And uh, hold on to your seat. You know what the focus of school was? To teach young Freddie to uh, learn to read and to add two and two and geography, history, all of that sort of thing. Well, today, as you're well aware, especially in recent years, you've got to be concerned about what your kids are exposed to at school, folks. Because I believe there's been an agenda, and the agenda's been kind of in place for some time now, not to educate our kids anymore, to use to use a phrase from Governor DeSantis of Florida, He's very concerned about the the focus is not education anymore. It's indoctrination. It's exposure to th- things that are going to hurt our kids, are harmful to our kids, not helpful. 
not helpful to develop good, solid citizens, and certainly not reflecting the values of most parents in this country. And one of those concerns certainly is what our kids are being exposed to in libraries, what the libraries are offering. And we're seeing that fight across the country. And one person who's very much aware and very much involved in in fighting the battle is our next guest, Robin Patterson. She is president of Pornography, not Pornography is not education.org. Pornography is not education.org. And Robin joins us on the line right now from her home in Colorado. Robin, welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. First, tell us, how, how did you get involved with this? What prompted you to get involved with this? Well, we got involved in this when we had a daughter in middle school, and we found pornography, much to our shock, in her school library and inside her school student account. I think, you know, in in reflecting on it, you know, in the old days, kids would come home with their homework and whatnot in their backpack where parents could see it, and everything is electronic today. So the school gave our daughter one password, and she and they gave a different password to the parents. We thought those passwords were going to the same place, and we couldn't have been more wrong. I think this is common probably around the country, but when we finally did sign in to our daughter's you know, school portal with her password, we found all kinds of things that hadn't been disclosed to us. In fact, we found surveys, we found books, and we found these things called research databases. And for your listeners, if, if they're not familiar, as I wasn't, these are best thought of as an electronic encyclopedia, and they go by different names around the country. So we were seeing things that were called EBSCO, Explora, Gale, ProQuest, SIRS, Overdrive, I could go on. We found pornography in all of these, and we weren't looking for it. So, so just to give you an example of what's that, what that's like, a child is not being naughty or searching on a naughty word. We were searching on things like Adam and Eve when, when we found advertisements for Adam and Eve sex shops. And sometimes these had hyperlinks to the sex shops. And if the child were to take that clickbait and go into that sex shop, there's just page after page after page of, of things that it's so horrifying to think of a young mind uh, just being inundated and overwhelmed with these images of, uh, of of this this type of paraphernalia, some of it violent, like gags and whips and things like that. We found erotic stories. We found pictures. We found how-to. We found articles with names like she likes to be spanked. We found things that, that to this day, I, it's just so hard to even believe. We found hot links to Pornhub and, and hardcore porn sites, escort sites. Um, and I know that, that today you, you have, we're from Colorado, I know today you have some listeners from Mississippi, and uh, in Mississippi I, I believe that you have uh, a portal called Magnolia, which is uh, something that is kind of piped into schools around the state as a scholastic resource. And I urge people to take a look at that because that's full of these uh, EBSCO databases. And we have some reports of some inappropriate sexual uh, material through that portal. Robin, I'm talking with Robin Patterson. She's president of Pornography is Not Education dot org. Robin, is it is it... Now, you've been involved with this fight for a while, and this EBSCO, I was just doing a little bit of reading on this this morning, and stories about EBSCO, uh, which provides these databases for schools, correct me if I'm wrong, 
It's been around a long time, the alarm bells. But are, are schools deliberately knowing that this stuff is on there or they don't know, but they hire these firms to provide these databases in they're ignorant of it. Uh, where do you come down on that? Well, I mean, we learned, you know, that this problem is it goes far beyond Colorado. So you probably have a bit of both in there. I mean, coming back to our personal experience, uh, when we first started, you know, blowing the whistle on this back in 2016, 17 and, and, and on, um, we, we got a distinct lack of response. And um, as we kept trying to talk to people, you know, in the in the community, finally the director of the middle school contacted my husband and he threatened him. He told him, you know what, if you keep on talking to people about this, something is going to happen that neither you nor I will like. And at that point, uh, we started going to, we probably went to more than 20 school board meetings and uh, we were we were shouted down. We tried to read as many as many parents are doing today across the country with these obscene ebooks. We were doing it, you know, a few years back with these research databases, and we read to them from their own material. And the superintendent shouted us down. He told us we were rude. So, so somehow we're supposed to understand that it's okay for children to be looking at this material behind a digital wall or an electronic curtain, but if you read it out loud in an open meeting, now you're rude. They tried to have us arrested. Um, you know, the same superintendent later on, he admitted to me that he actually knew the whole time that this stuff was there. And, and this is interesting. And he said to me, you know, my, my IT guy would come running in here with his hair on fire. And, uh, but I couldn't do anything about it because of the library leadership team. So, you know, I think what the school was doing at that time was trying to do what schools sometimes do, which is cover it up. And, um, you know, at that point, we also went to the State Department of Education, and they didn't help us either. We've been back many, many times. We've written letters. We've had meetings. We've done uh, school board, you know, presentations. And they actually worked against us by putting together a document that appeared designed to encourage schools across the whole state of Colorado to continue using, in, in particular, EBSCO. Um, EBSCO and Gale are probably the biggest of these uh, commercial school vendors that provide these things. And a little while after that, uh, they they uh, got a $100,000 grant from EBSCO for one of their libraries. All right. I want to go back. You just mentioned a few moments ago uh, a database in, in the state of Mississippi. You called it Magnolia, is it? Yes. Okay. And you say they're they're open or they're... They're, they've been hired by the school system in Mississippi to, uh, but it opens students up to these databases. Is I, I want to make sure we're clear on this. Uh, so in in uh, Mississippi, um, and, you know, and I'm in Colorado, but my understanding of Mississippi is that the state or some some state or group of entities is uh, contracting with EBSCO to bring the EBSCO research databases into the state for various purposes, I think, um, some for K-12 schools and some for, you know, just the general public. So uh, it's my understanding that schools in the state of Mississippi will have, uh, you know, if the child goes on to the school's library, they'll be offered a link to click on. Uh, for Magnolia, and then they can go in there and look at the different databases and see what's in there. And, uh, you know, I would encourage parents to to look at that and, and become familiar with what 
the kids are looking at and if they're comfortable with it, if they're seeing, you know, obscenity, if they're seeing also a lot of social propaganda that I, uh, you know, is a big problem in schools today as well. We've seen a lot of that in, in the databases. Right now uh, in Mississippi, there is a, a bill that's passed the House. It's HB 1341. And I uh, would like to thank Speaker Philip Gunn for sponsoring that and really encourage if you have listeners from Mississippi to uh, please call um, Speaker Gunn and thank him and call your, um, this is going to be voted on in the Senate. And uh, so uh, we encourage people to call your your uh, senator and call Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman and encourage them to support this. And in fact, um, this is this bill is designed to keep kids safe. It's it's uh, designed to uh, hold these commercial vendors accountable for what they're selling into the schools and making sure that it's clean and safe and and scholastic and so forth. Uh, we've actually worked with, um, I believe we're at 11 states now. We kind of work in a consultative manner with people in different states. And we've had these uh, similar bills that have been introduced across the country and have passed in four states. So right now it's up in Mississippi. All right. So it's HB uh, 1341 in Mississippi. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. All right. People should need to call uh, the members of the legislature. And, Bobby, do we have a link on our site for that? Several links on our site, folks, so that you're living in Mississippi. But I'm intrigued by the fact, too, and I I want to include we have have stations in over 30 states across the country. So um, is there a website, Robin, uh, that they can go to and get some information on this and start checking their own schools uh, to see if they have uh, are, are their schools are using this EBSCO uh, database. Yeah, we encourage parents to go on to their school website, uh, you know, and 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 become familiar with you know what's what's behind your child's password essentially. But yes, there are. Uh, so um, our website is pornographyisnoteducation.org. And we've also worked with the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, and um, that that uh, web address is endsexualexploitation.org/ebsco, and they uh, did an independent review there, and they put EBSCO on their dirty dozen list as a major facilitator of the sexual exploitation of women and children. So they have a very good section uh, that that people can look at to learn more. And then more recently, we worked with uh, No Left Turn in Education. And there's a report on their website, and that is at noleftturn.us slash report. And it gets kind of thick there, but it goes into, um, you know, some greater detail. And uh, we always welcome people, too, to, to contact me. There's an email contact at our website at uh, Pornography is not education. Uh, I guess I'm an old. I'm just shocked that we would have school boards, school districts across this country, including in Republican-led states, that are not aware of this or uh, are aware of it, but are okay with our kids potentially being exposed to this filth. Now, I'm also, I just, we only have a few minutes left, Robin. I, I was intrigued by the fact of the opposition that you faced 
from your school board. I be, Basically, they wanted to shut you down. That's starting to sound familiar from across the country, that school boards are telling parents, butt out of this. Absolutely. We actually had to get a lawyer. We worked with the Thomas More Law Society, um, which was, you know, enabled us to learn more and expand our reach across the country at that point. But that's what it took. Um, and, um, you know, that was how we found out that these databases uh, are all over the country in virtually every state. And, and they're also so globally, by the way. And, um, you know, it's just been uh, this type of thing where I think, especially in the beginning, sometimes teachers didn't know what was there. They said, well, I, I trusted my school. And maybe people didn't know, but I think by now, I think people ought to know. And um, I think that, you know, we just really encourage people everywhere to, in every state, to reach out to your legislators and let them know you can mention, you know, the, the Mississippi HB 1341 and say, can we get a bill like that here? Uh, because I really think that it's this is absolutely vital that, that we, we uh, have uh, our legislators get involved in this and take steps to, to keep children safe and to stop these outrages uh, that are going on by, by these commercial vendors. And if you read our report, too, uh, you know, it is the American Library Association that, that is the opposition and their state chapters and affiliates, and they have, a, have a, an intimate relationship with these commercial vendors like EBSCO and Gale, for example. And we, our report on No Left Turn talks more about that. To me, it looks like a pay-for-play. So they lobby for money, the vendors lobby for money, give it to the libraries, and then the libraries buy more of their, you know, databases and books, whatever it is. It's amazing to me how many times the Library Association group keeps coming up. They are the ones that have been squawking against what Governor Ron DeSantis is trying to do in Florida. You know, the don't they call it the don't say gay bill, but it's not about that at all. It's about stopping the exposure of our kids across this country to this kind of garbage. So I thank you, Robin Patterson uh, from uh, Colorado, president of pornographyisnoteducation.org. Folks, I would encourage you to go there. And in the case of Mississippi, call your representative. It's HB 1341, 1341. It's already passed the House. You need to uh, show support for this bill and make sure your legislator know knows that you know what's going on and that you want them to do something about it. Robin, thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right. Much more ahead here on this Monday edition of The Core. Folks, uh, this is why we are here, to bring attention to this kind of thing. I know a lot of parents are just simply ignorant of what their kids are being exposed to. They cannot think for a moment that their kids are being exposed to this kind of stuff, but you need to take action. We're back after the break. One Million Moms wants parents to know that Velma, the adult Scooby-Doo cartoon series streaming on HBO Max, is not kid-friendly. It seems that no subject is off-limits, as Velma features nudity, violence, gore, subjects unsuitable for children. Please sign the petition at OneMillionMoms.com, urging HBO Max to cancel its adult animated series, Velma, immediately. OneMillionMoms.com. And thank you. What does the American Family Association stand for? 
AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Here's Steve Tiber, president of 8 Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? 8 Days of Hope has decided to be a part of the solution with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and end this human tragedy. At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry, and for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House construction ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is At The Core on American Family Radio with your host, Walker Wildman. And welcome back to the Monday edition of At The Core. Fred Jackson sitting in for a walker today. Always a pleasure to do so. So much going on in our culture today. Uh, so many battlefronts. Uh, but you know, uh, with the Lord's help, uh, we are called upon to be faithful and to fight that battle, uh, to be salt and light uh, in our world. And uh, we've just been talking about, and I don't know about you, but uh, I'm I continue to be shocked at what our kids are being exposed to in our school system. And uh, certainly we want you to take action. If you go to our website, uh, our Facebook page, you can get links to what we we're just talking about uh, with our special guest, Robin Patterson of Colorado, president of pornography is not education.org. Uh, just to remind you to go there and find out what's going on in your state, folks. Uh, here in Mississippi, there is a bill making its way, HB 1341, where you can fight that battle against our kids being exposed to pornography in our schools. Um, this is something it's worth fighting for your kids, uh, so we invite you to do that. Also, the uh, other battleground has been going on for years and years and years, and it's grown even more intense, and that's on the area of abortion. Now, 
uh, in the wake of the Supreme Court decision last year, uh, basically uh, when the Supreme Court ruled against uh, Roe after a multi-year battle on that front, what did, if you thought the pro-abortion forces were going to just go away, put up the white flag, think again. No, they're, they're, they've just become more intense because now what they're trying to do is get laws passed state by state, uh, which opens up abortion even more so. And uh, last week, I think it was in Minnesota, it was absolutely horrific what happened with the Democrat-controlled legislature there. Basically, they approved abortion up to including the moment of birth. So no restrictions whatsoever. And they added into that that basically a school, a school counselor, uh, could hear from a, a, a young lady, and they wouldn't have to tell the parents that that young lady was pregnant and was looking for an abortion. It is absolutely horrible. Same kind of thing is happening in New Mexico and other basically Democrat-run states. Well, joining us right now is Peter Range. He's CEO of the Ohio Right to Life and the fight against a very radical pro-abortion ballot initiative that's going on in that state. Peter, welcome to At the Core. Fred, so great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. All right. Tell us a little bit about what's uh, the battlefront there and what you're fighting. Yeah, thanks so much, Frank. So, you know, as you know, after Roe v. Wade fell, and that was really from a spiritual sense. I mean, we're talking about demonic activity being cast out uh, from who we were as a nation. But if we look at the scriptures, every time there's a casting out, there's often a convulsing or a shaking that takes place. I think we're experiencing some of that in our nation right now. Sorry about that. Lost my uh, earpiece there. But um, nonetheless, with that being said, this past year we saw five different states across the nation have ballot initiatives uh, being voted on directly by the people. Uh, California, Michigan, Vermont, for example, were all brought forth by pro-abortion forces, and the pro-life side lost each one of those state battles. So they're bringing that same fight now to the state of Ohio, where a group called Ohio Physicians for Reproductive uh, Freedom, uh, Reproductive Rights, are attempting in 2023 to put on Ohio's ballot to allow abortion in Ohio's constitution through all nine months of pregnancy. So we are hard at work to ensure that this is not going to happen here in the state of Ohio. This is for us is kind of like the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. You know, Hitler launched his kind of defensive after we took the beaches of Normandy. So this is a crucial point right now in the pro-life movement because we don't stop it here in a great red state like Ohio. They're going to take the board when it comes across the United States and vote these things in through these ballot initiatives. So it's just so important that people in Ohio are aware and ready to fight back against this because we're going to have one heck of a fight on our hands in the days to come. All right, Peter, you said this is being led by a physician's group. That's correct. It's 1,400 physicians in the state of Ohio. Now, mind you, when the media reports that, they say all the physicians are for abortion in Ohio's constitution. Now, there is over 52,000 physicians in the state of Ohio. So this is less than 4%, 3% of all Ohio's physicians. So we have our own physicians that are ready and prepared and able to speak out against this whenever their language is introduced, which we think will be the end of February uh, coming up here, as they have to produce their language to give to our pro-life attorney general uh, to see if that has any kind of holes in it when it comes to what that means for Ohio's Constitution. But 
you know, when their physicians, Dr. Lauren Bean, who's actually the main spokesperson, when she's been interviewed uh, on the radio about this, the interviews, uh, to their credit, have kind of pressed her a little bit and said, hey, will this have any limits to abortion? Because Ohio Right to Life and others are saying that it won't. Now, she refuses to answer the question, and she will say in her interviews that she doesn't believe there's such a thing as late-term abortion, and that each case will kind of depend upon, you know, what that person needs to talk about with their doctor. So she will not admit that there's any limits to this. So we know, just like the national groups have gone for, they're going through a, for abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. We must reject this type of extremism in this country, and we're going to reject it here in the state of Ohio as well. All right. How is Ohio Right to Life getting the message out? Yeah, thanks so much. So first and foremost, what we wanted to do is recognize that this is a political campaign, that we have to, yes, get out the vote when it comes to kind of our main base of pro-lifers, but we also have to talk to those people in the middle that, you know, maybe we're not going to be able to connect with and convince them necessarily just to be pro-life, but just to give them an off-ramp to say, you know what, we shouldn't be changing Ohio's constitution to allow for abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. So if we look at the other states as a playbook, One of the things that these pro-abortion amendments did is take away any parental rights in these situations. So if you're a 14-year-old and you're seeking an abortion, you don't have to let your parents know. You can go and get an abortion. We know that that increases the likelihood of human trafficking and women being pressured into abortions as well. So we just have to get the the word out there that these types of amendments are dangerous, not only obviously for the pre-born children, but for young moms and young fathers as well. So one of the things we did immediately is contact some of the best people in the business. Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America, for example, that runs a terrific ground game when it comes to elections. They've connected us with some great political uh, firms in Washington, D.C., and we've been talking with political firms uh, who have run campaigns here in the state of Ohio as well. So we're going to be working with a lot of different groups to work and run this as a campaign. You know, the people in Michigan, the people in Kansas, God bless them. They they fought tremendously hard on their particular campaigns. But quite frankly, we in the pro-life movement kind of were caught off guard to a certain degree with how quickly this move from the left came. So we're going to be prepared and ready and willing and able to defeat this even before it gets on the ballot. So from our decline to sign campaign to go out there and get individuals who are trying to get those signatures, they, the left has to get around 400,000 or so to put this actually on the ballot. We're going to have people out there with signs uh, telling them that this will allow for abortion through all nine months. Then we're going to start an education campaign on the ground. And then lastly, working with SBA Pro-Life America to kind of get out the vote those last two months of this particular campaign, all guided and helped and assisted with some of the best political firms in the business. And this is really what I wanted to talk with you guys as well. This is not just an Ohio campaign. This is going to be taking place in states around the country in the next couple years. But again, I think we really need to focus on the heart of it all, Ohio here, to ensure this stops. And so I just want to invite your listeners, if they can pray for us, if they can financially even help us, uh, the left raised $60 million in the state of Michigan to get their pro-abortion uh, ab- initiative passed. We're going to have to raise somewhere close on part of that. We have a $5 million starting donation, which we're super excited about, uh, but we're going to need to raise all the money we can to make sure that this initiative is ultimately defeated. We are talking with Peter Range. He's CEO of the Ohio Right to Life. They've got a battle going on there against a very radical pro-abortion 
ballot initiative. Tell me, uh, Peter, what has been the reaction of churches there in Ohio to this? Are you getting support from uh, many churches? Yes, praise God. And some of that's been the work that we've been doing uh, over the last you know, couple years and great groups in our state, like the Center for Christian Virtue, have been working with a lot of evangelical pastors to spread the word about the gospel of life. And then myself and my Catholic background as well, working directly with the Diocese of Toledo, which is a cluster of 124 Catholic churches in Northwest Ohio, and working with all the Catholic bishops here in Ohio, because I think we finally recognize what a serious threat this is upcoming. And we have to realize, too, the left is going to lie over and over again in this battle. So as we study their playbook in other states like Kansas, the group that was hired there by the ACLU and Planned Parenthood is a group called Mission Control Incorporated. They run Senator Sherrod Brown's campaign here in the state of Ohio. They're, they're a pro-abortion, pro-liberal uh, group that wants to push progressive policies on the entire nation. One of the things that they did in Kansas was they ran TV ads saying, you know those pro-life people? They want to put government mandates on your body, just like they wanted to put a mask on your face during the COVID pandemic. Now, if I remember during the pandemic, I don't remember many conservative groups talking about government mandates or wanting more of that kind of reality. So we're going to be prepared for that. We're going to be prepared to kind of uh, saturate the, the airways here in the state of Ohio to ensure we can kind of get the word out there. But already there's a fervor because, again, we're bringing together evangelicals. Catholics, all the different pro-life groups in the state of Ohio as well, to come together as one, despite some of our differences, uh, but to work in the spirit of John 17, where Jesus in the garden said, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. So that's how we're approaching it here in Ohio, and I'm super excited that churches are already rising up to say, yeah, you need volunteers, you need financial assistance, you want to come speak at our pulpit, we're open to hearing you, but but we need more. We need more help. There's no doubt about it. And so we appreciate your listeners going to ohiolife.org and maybe just sign up to be a volunteer. And we'll reach out to you uh, right on our main page. You can sign up to be a volunteer to help us out. And we'll also have information on that main page as well to talk about ways that individuals can get engaged and inform their parishioners, their pastors, and others about this dangerous threat. Have you had much interaction yourself? I mean, are you getting phone calls from newspapers, from television stations, radio stations, that sort of thing, uh, from reporters uh, to give your side of the story, or are they trying to shut you down? <laughs> um, so it's it's a little bit of both. Uh, they're just starting to pick up, but we do have to remind some of our publications here in the state of Ohio. We just did the other day with a major metropolitan newspaper that, hey, we love your story and everything. Thanks for covering this, but you can contact us as well to ask the pro-life side. So there are some groups that are covering us uh, that are asking for our opinion on things, but for the most part, it is a one-sided story right now. And that's where it's really tough in these ballot initiatives because it's not like a normal campaign where you have a particular candidate that can voice their thoughts or their opinions on us. It's kind of just a nebulous campaign. So we're really reaching out to our state lawmakers and just champions across the state, whether they be a Miss Ohio or a football coach to go out there and to talk to their constituents about this particular issue as well, because we're going to need help. And again, it's why I'm here with you guys as well, to help spread the word about the danger of this initiative, which will allow abortion uh, through all nine months of pregnancy in the state of Ohio. It's going to change the Constitution. And this is the left's playbook, and we're going to fight back against it. And we're going to win here in the state of Ohio because we have a tremendous tremendous support in our churches, both evangelical, Catholic, and otherwise, that believe in the sanctity and dignity of human life. The only thing we need 
is to kind of get over this hump in our culture that we have today, this moral relativism, which tells us, you know, yeah, I might personally be pro-life, but I don't want to tell somebody else what they should or should not do with their body. As Christians, we need to kind of get over that and preach the gospel of life with love, mercy, and truth, but tell people, look, if we can't agree as a society and culture that it's wrong to kill the innocent, where are we going to begin to respect the rights that each human person has? This is foundational. You cannot fight for the rights of individuals to immigrate, to have access to health care or housing, if you don't say that human beings have first and foremost the right to simply live. All right, Peter, I'm John Smith. I'm a uh, citizen of Ohio. I'm listening right now. What can I do to help you? John Smith, please, first and foremost, go to ohiolife.org. There's a little volunteer button right on our main screen. Please enter your email and sign up, and we'll stay in contact with you in the days to come. Number two, please, John, we need you to pray. Uh, Dr. Peter Kreft said, if we knew the power of prayer, we would never leave our knees. So please pray for us at Ohio Rights Life. Pray for this campaign that we will cast out this evil which has come against us. Number three, please consider tithing to this cause. We cannot win this fight without financial support and help. Lastly, if you would think about it, please approach your pastor, approach your priest. We need our pastors and priests from pulpits to preach about this issue and to get their congregations involved. So go to our website and sign up. Please pray. Think about donating and help us spread the word. Go to your pastor and priest and let them know today about this threat that would allow abortion through all nine months of pregnancy in the state of Ohio unless we stand up and fight against it. Peter Range, CEO of Ohio Right to Life. Got a feeling we're going to be back talking to you and uh, keeping people up to date with your campaign. Thank you, Fred. God be with you. Thanks for the great work you do. All right. You take care. All right, folks. The battlegrounds are many. But you know what? With God's strength... And with the truth, we can fight that battle. And you know what? We can always, always be faithful. Hey, listen, been great to be able to sit in for Walker today. As I say, more great programming always here on American Family Radio. Hey, folks, we're on your side. We'll see you again real soon. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.